Hello and welcome to Cutting the Bun and the Post-Truth Apocalypse. I'm Ben and as always I'm hanging out with Mike, Hello, Claire hey. and Pete. Hello. Today is part two of fairies. Including the most well-known fairy hoax, Cottingley fairies. Right, okay. Ford Arthur Conan Doyle. You know, bloke who wrote Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. We'll get into that. First we're going to finish off on the various types of fairies. There's only three or four left, isn't there? But first, actually, no, because we're going to read out some new returning listeners. There might be a selection of them. Krakow in Poland. Tehran in the Islamic Republic of Iran. Wow. I'd be careful if I were you, mate. Don't go listening to us. Might get stoned. Giza in Egypt. Tokyo, Japan. Charlotte, North Carolina. Perryville, Missouri. Tehran in Albania. Guadalajara, Spain. Federal Way in Washington. That's... Oh man, I thought was, it's not South the White House, is it? That's Pennsylvania Avenue. Federal Way sounds government y. Does a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. The CIA. Oh shit, I hope, I hope the FBI, the CIA guy listening's enjoying it. <laughs> Dublin, Ireland. Milton Regis in the UK. Perryville, Missouri. Bournemouth, Oregon. Garland, Texas. Tallinn in Estonia. And Ashburn, Virginia. So Thank what? you very much. Estonia? Baltic, innit? Baltic yeah, state. Next to Russia. Oh, nice. Right, so last time we did the uh, Sealy Court, we ended there, but we're going to start with the Selkie. Okay. Sounds Scottish. I believe it is. A Selkie is a type of fae that has the ability to change from a seal into a human being at will, which would be a fantastic party trick. Certainly would. Selkies occupy the seas near Ireland, although their exact location is fluid. They take the form of grey seals or great seals while in the sea, but they can also appear to hu- as human women or classic fairies. They tend to come out on important seasonal days such as Midsummer's Eve. Legend says that Selkies occasionally mate with human men, and some say that a man can wed a Selkie if he finds her seal skin on the beach and hides it from her. Where do you say these are? <laughs> Off the coast of Ireland. Yeah, things get a bit desperate. I'm going <laughs> to get a ferry over to Ireland. You know, when she finds her seal skin, she will return to the sea. So how can you wed her then? Keep we, it from her. Keep it hidden. Oh, yeah. right. Oh, I got you. You put it in a safety deposit box in a bank vault. <laughs> in the Cayman Islands. In the Cayman Islands. Burn it. <gasps> I don't know if that would release her then. Might do. Well, she might turn to back into a seal. Yeah, they used to marry a seal. As long as she gives good head. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I don't know how se- I don't know how well seals perform blowjobs. Any any holes a goal? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but you know, I want to marry a kelp, you know, in a human form. Let's hide her skin from her. Ah, wear her skin. Wear her skin. <laughs> Selkie. Mm. Mm. That's how most of our relationships end. Wearing, wearing someone's skin. skin. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, Ben. Yeah. I mean, um, in amicable discord. Have you got the chainsaw? <laughs> no, I guess the flame knives. <laughs> no. Got rid of the chainsaw on top of sales, scrubbed it up. <laughs> Sold it. Who <laughs> wants the next one? Will of the Wisp. Now, I'm sure... That sounds very similar. It was a film or not? It was oh, a cartoon, cartoon, wasn't it? Yeah. But that was Willow the Wisp, wasn't ah, it? Yeah. Yes, it was. The Willow Wisp is a type of fae that is seen on any body of water at night. They will look like a small firefly or flickering orb of light. Ah, oh, so it's a firefly. <laughs> firefly, yeah. I think that Willow the Wisp film was actually a really good one, if I remember rightly. I can't remember it. I have vague recollections of Jordan films. I don't remember that one. I do remember it, but... I can't think about. what it looks like or anything. I can't think what it was like, but I remember it. He was like a blue swirly thing, wasn't he? Oh, I don't That's about what I remember. Don't know. Well, anyway, the Will-O-Wisp is seen across the world and is known by many different names in different cultures. They will typically appear in groups, so keep your eyes out for a bunch of flickering lights. They also tend to like calm waters rather than rough waves, so they're more commonly found on lakes or ponds. Like fireflies? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes ah. they're found in earthy areas such as grassy hills or even in the woods. Like fireflies. I remember it now. Oh, Pete's found it. There we go. Yep. Do you remember it? It is now? a film. I don't remember yeah. it at all. But... I think it was a series as opposed to a film. Yeah, well. Yeah, it was a series. It's a bit like Magic and the, the Magic Roundabout, doesn't it? Kind of, yeah. 
Some legends say that these types of fae only appear as lights, while other stories say that the lights are from the lanterns these fairies carry as they revel. Generally, when you see will-o'-wisps, you can assume that they're having a party, which they do almost nightly. Quality. Party! There's one thing you've got to say for these fairies, they love a party. They love to dance, they love the moonlight, they love to boogie. Mm. Oh, yeah. oh, see I did the sealy court here. The unseely court. Unseely court. This is the one with the gallows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the hanging tinkerbells. This is the darker counterpart of the seely court. The unseely court is made up from different types of fairies, but they're thought to attract lower types of fae such as bogarts and bogies. Bogarts and bogies. Mm, bogart. Mm. Never heard that. I've heard that before, yeah. It's a type of fairy, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I bet I know where I heard oh, that. Probably from Hellboy. Labyrinth. Yes. I think it's yeah, a Hellboy. Yeah. yeah. No, Labyrinth. The Unseely Court is thought to be ugly or even hideous and more than a bit scary. The court can be made up of dark fairies as well as lost spirits. They tend to be the most active during autumn and Halloween and winter. Dark magic is often the work of the Unseelie Court. They're known to work with witches concerning black magic or to make deals with humans. But these deals never work out well for the human, so it's said. Mm. Humans would do very well to stay away from the Unseelie Court. There is virtually no way to get along <coughs> with them, but there are many ways to make them angry. The term unseelie translates to unblessed. Even in the fairy world, the unseelie court is dark, dangerous and evil. Uh, so don't fuck with them then. So we shouldn't go out looking for them on Halloween. My daughter tried hugging a tree the other day with her shoes off. Oh yeah? Yeah. Did it have a face on a tree? No. Uh, uh, wrong tree. Uh, I forgot about the face. It's got a face, yeah. hasn't it? I forgot about that. Mm. So it said the court travels at night on the winds. Members of the unseelie court can't reproduce, so it, they're said to steal humans and force them into joining the court in order to keep their numbers oh, up. You know. So what they said, like you know, I'll join the unseelie. Avoid them, but they... a slave. You're a slave, Ben. What do you want to yeah, join for? Yeah, that's what for? I think it is. It's a... They're keeping their numbers up on joining the court. Yeah, they're forcing you to do it. Yeah, trafficking. I don't think it's going to be good conditions for you, mate. They can't reproduce. You get to join in. They traffic <laughs> you in. Yeah, they're just sit on the unseely court and be badass and yeah. And be like living in a prison cell for the rest of the time where you're not on the court. Yeah, no, that's not so According to the legend, I've got nothing else going on. <laughs> according to the legend, travellers going through woody areas at night should be careful and avoid the unseen court. Well, I'll be careful when I go to the churchyard tonight. Mm. I'll get snatched by some fairies. Or a boggart. Or a boggart. So, boggart, yeah, boggarts. So, boggart is generally thought to be a brownie turned bad. Ah, similar to Boggarts of Harry Potter. Oh, there you go, that's uh, what I've never, never watched all those films, don't know. Modern day Boggarts will haunt a home or an area, such as a trunk or a closet, cause general issues. How inconvenient would that be if you went into your closet and you had like a Boggart in there, just got hissing at you every time you went in? Mm. Just kicking, get the fuck out. <laughs> get the hammer on the little fucker. <laughs> He just comes back, he's always a fairy. He'll come back when I finish with him. <laughs> <laughs> Typically, yeah. Have you seen a new bogged head hat you're wearing, Mike? <laughs> Skulls on the wall. <laughs> the bogged predator. The bogger. So I'm the fairy's worst nightmare. <laughs> Typically, Boggart is a brownie who is treated badly. This can make a brownie act out, and over time they will turn into a Boggart, which means they are attached to a property for the purpose of causing issues. Alternatively, a Boggart can be a brownie who stayed with a home after the family left. If the home falls into disrepair, 
but the brownie is attached to the property, they can start to go a bit crazy and begin haunting the area. Does that mean you've got to get like a fairy therapist to talk uh, the bog? Come on, Bogart. Maybe. Uh, you just stop being a Bogart, be a brownie again. Let's so, take some positive steps. There's a new fact, the house has been re- you know, done up now, new family got it. You can still st- just start sweeping up rather than destroying and haunting the house. Sit and have an intervention with them and yeah. see if it works. Yeah, get a little fairy, a little tinker of a therapist in. You know, as your little clipboard, writing stuff down. So other boggarts are brownies who are simply mischievous in nature. Although most brownies are helpful and social, there are always a few who are just naturally pranksters. These boggarts delight in playing tricks on humans or scaring them. Ideally, you'll never encounter a boggart because you won't anger a brownie. But if you do get into a situation with a boggart, you may need to do an exorcism in your home. Well, so don't piss off a brownie. Because mm. it'll turn boggart. Oh, you don't, you don't never, never go full boggart. No. Well, yeah, there you go. Don't fucking anger a boggart, a brownie, and... Definitely don't anger a boggart. Yeah, well, definitely not don't anger them. I've played tricks on you anyway. So those are the different types of fairies. Yes, and now we go on to the most famous. So, yeah, the most famous fairy hoax. But it wasn't revealed as a hoax mm. for a long, long time. The Cottingley Fairies. To quote the opening line of a poem by Rose Farman, first published in 1917, there are fairies at the bottom of our garden. Coincidentally, that was also the year that two intelligent and talented young conspirators managed to convince the world that there were fairies living near Cottingley Beck, uh, the stream that ran past the foot of their garden. Aww. The curious tale of the Cottingley Fairies began in the summer of that year when nine-year-old Frances Griffiths and her mother returned to England from South Africa to stay with the Wright family in Cottingley, West Yorkshire. Next to the house where Polly and Arthur Wright and their 16-year-old daughter Elsie lived was a small wooded valley through which Cottingley Beck flowed and Elsie and Frances were cousins. It still flows picturesquely over rocky outcrops and it was the favourite sort of spot that children liked to explore. You know, that kind of wooded little stream. Yeah. When they were told off for getting wet or getting in the river or the little stream, they said that they went there to see the fairies. Obviously, their uh, families scoffed and excused them as thin as the uh, dog ate my homework. Mm-hmm. So Elsie borrowed her father's midge, I think that's pronounced, caught a plate camera and went in search of proof and the girls were back within the hour. Elsie's father, Arthur, was a keen amateur photographer with his own darkroom. A few naughty pictures of the wife <laughs> showing her ankle. <laughs> mm. We well, are in 1917. Why else would you have the darkroom? Eh? It's like we ever had a Polaroid. Oh, I'm going to send these off to the developers. Oh, make them right. Right. Get an elbow in. Get an elbow in. <laughs> so he went to his own darkroom and developed the plates the girl had taken. The image, now a very famous one, shows Francis, head slightly tilted, gazing off just to the right of the photographer. In front of her, several winged fairy creatures dressed in diaphanous clothing are dancing. Frances looks as though she's trying hard not to laugh. Oh my god. And that was considered proof. That's terrible. It looks like it's made out of paper. It does, doesn't it? Because it was. <laughs> That's <laughs> but, but my the point is that 1917, photography and certainly affordable photography is just coming in and photos were seen as being the ultimate proof you know Pixar didn't happen yeah she's got like really long hands she does doesn't she yeah for a teenage girl witch hands almost the fuck <laughs> mind you early photography actually if it's plates if she moves too much it will do that because it's exposure <laughs> she looks like she's got like, some kind of beast hand or something. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Witch fingers you know what? Maybe she has got a beast hand. Who knows? Yeah. I'm trying to be nice to the girl. But <laughs> the fairy is so dodgy. I don't you know, can't I look at these real. real. I think it looks real. Yeah, I don't think it was well real. In 1917, <laughs> this is real. Get into the mindset of the people. Yeah, you're telling, yeah, you telling me that's fake? <laughs> I am, I'm afraid. Nah, that's well real. Look at it. Those eyes are well convincing. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's even got definition in its calf muscles. It must be real. 
<laughs> well, they were cut out of a magazine. Mm. Nah, it's not real. Yeah. I am joking, by the way. It is awful. Elsie had an interest in photography herself, a talent for art, and experience in retouching photographs. Arthur Wright was immediately suspicious, as you would be. Even when the girls came back in September with an impressive plate showing Elsie holding out her hand to a gnome-like winged figure, Arthur was unconvinced. He knew the girls had been up to something, he just wasn't sure how they'd done it. The most likely explanation seemed to be that they used cut-out figures. Arthur's instincts were right, although it would be decades before that was confirmed. <coughs> decades. Elsie's mother, Polly, who was interested in the Theosophical movement, took the photographs along to a meeting of the Theosophical Society in nearby Bradford. Apparently, the subject of the evening lecture was fairy life, and the images <laughs> appeared to have caught the imagination and enthusiasm of the Society's supporters and one of its leading members, Edward Gardner. Seizing on an opportunity to promote the most important spiritual message of the Theosophists, that mankind, the humankind was undergoing a process of transformation that would eventually lead to the perfection of the species, Gardner claimed the two images were supernatural proof and the great metaphysical changes were happening because that's what you jump to when you see these pictures, isn't it? That picture looks worse than the first one. It does. There's two, isn't there? The fairy looks more convincing. Does it? It looks coarser than to me. In some ways, no, it looks more convincing than the first fairy. I'll give you that. <laughs> it does. Yeah. I mean, he's got it's that, that gnome has like some really bug eyes going on. It's like a Steve Buscemi gnome. <laughs> it's clearly like an origami face or something. Yeah. Isn't yeah. It? The other one does look more convincing. Yeah. Except it shit, still uh, looks shit unconvincing. <laughs> now the photographs were examined by photographic expert Harold Snelling, who confirmed them as authentic images of what was in front of the camera. But hey, it's nineteen seventeen. This is new. This is this is mm. it's it's new to a lot of people. I mean obviously you've always had the big box things, but photography in your own home mm. was a very new thing. Mm. So it says he's a photographer photographic expert, he's going, Yeah, well it's, the picture's fine, there's nothing you know, whatever took a picture of, it was there. Yeah. Whether it's a fairy or not, he he's not commenting on that, is he? He is not. He's just saying whatever is yeah. in the photo is in the photo. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. I think they've just staged the photo, haven't they? With, oh, with the, with the. Clearly, yeah. They just. It's already said that they're good at they they were good at art and whatnot. Mm. They'd have only had to draw it. Oh, they cut them out of books. However, the images appeared in a spiritualist magazine where they caught the eye of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Sherlock Holmes fame, a believer in spiritualism himself. He was about to write a piece on fairies for the Christmas edition of the Strand magazine and asked Arthur and Elsie for permission to use the images. Now his own credulity in this and other matters still remains a bit of a mystery because he had been apparently fully taken in by the Piltdown Man fake and since neither Piltdown Man nor the Cottonly Fairies will be revealed as fake since after his death he presumably went on believing in the truth of them until the day he died. The thing is, spiritualism is very, very popular in times of war or just after major wars. And World War One is either just is just ended. Right? At this point, lots of people have lost people. Brothers, fathers, sons, husbands, uncles, third cousins twice removed. And you know, everyone wants to communicate with them. It was the same after the American Civil War when it really took off and became popular yeah. for the first time. Ouija boards were invented not long after the American Civil War as a way of contacting dead relatives. Lots of vulnerable people. Lots of vulnerable, grieving people. Yeah. Mm. The Cockney Fairies were faced beautifully drawn images of fairies, probably created by Elsie and Stage and photographed by both girls. They had been copied from images in Princess Mary's gift book, published in 1914, <laughs> and then had wings added to them, held upright with hat pins. They were sufficiently plausible to be accepted by Arthur Conan Doyle and many others. Three more fairy images were taken, the final one, fairies in their sunbath in 1920. Perhaps the timing had something to do with the way the images were so readily accepted. The horrific reality of the 1914-1918 war would leave people desperate for a different world, a world in which there still might be the possibility of magic. Arthur Conan Doyle's own son was a victim of the war. 
You know, so he's obviously lost a huge part of his life and he's looking for something that's not so shit. Because let's face it, the First World War was shit. Yeah, very shit. You know, no war's good, but that one was particularly shit. Yeah, you want something else to talk about? Oh, it's in this photo. Fairies. Yeah. Goddamn fairies. During the 1920s and 30s, fairies, gnomes and other supernatural creatures would be popular subjects for mass market prints, pottery and ornaments. As cinematography advanced, the fairy tale cartoons of Walt Disney captured the imagination of children and adults alike. People want to continue to believe in the fairies because they wanted to believe in them. They wanted to have the faith in the girls and the story they told. And somewhere that in a forgotten corner of a green unpleasant isle, supernatural beings still live their secret lives revealed only to a select few. And that does sound absolutely lovely after 10 million people have died. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. it? Hard though, it is to believe, because let's face it, these aren't the most convincing of pictures. We've sat here and commented on them. Listener, you can go and check them out for yourselves. Debate on the authenticity of the Coventry Fairs continued well into the 1960s. Fucking hell. Television opened up even greater opportunities for investigative journalism in the following decade, and the images came under greater scrutiny. However, they were not entirely debunked until the 1980s, when Geoffrey Crawley, the editor of the British Journal of Photography, undertook a major investigation concluding they were both fakes. The cousins, however, were still both alive in the 1980s and finally Elsie confessed to the hoax, probably with some relief in 1983. Yeah, I was born. What had undoubtedly started out as a clever stage-managed bit of fun suggested by Francis had got seriously out of hand. The cousins themselves were astonished at how readily people of the calibre of Conan Doyle had accepted the images. Perhaps not wholly wanting to relinquish the story, Francis maintained all her life that fairies and their, and their sunbath, the fifth and last image, showed real fairies and not fakes. Have we got that image to look at? It didn't look like it, did it? No, we'll have a quick check for that. So yeah, we just have a look at it and yeah, it doesn't look... It's the best out of the other ones we saw, wasn't it? Well, yeah. they've had some practice, haven't they? Yeah. Most convincing one. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. I mean, there's still people out there who fucking believe in that. Don't get me wrong, so he'll think that that's real. Well, she maintains that the fifth one's real, yeah. doesn't she? So, she's left some hope for the believers, I guess. Or her great-great-grandchildren's financial income. Because, oh, well, my great-grandmother took those pictures and she always maintained the last one was real. I think she was in communication with the fairies, and so am I. Get on the scene, get on the circuit. I also see aliens. If you're listening, descendant of Elsa. <laughs> Just giving you, a, I'll be a manager. Yeah. We all want to cut though, 5% each. <laughs> yeah, I want, I want eight for being my idea. <laughs> what of the whole, like, 12 quid she's giving you? <laughs> <laughs> you're a curly word, a fellow of the frog nowadays. <laughs> Any money in my pocket's better than somebody else's. <laughs> yeah. The Cartney fairies, I, I think the, the big thing, this is Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, supposedly a very clever man. Oh, he had a good imagination. Yeah, that was um, imagination in English. <laughs> Taken in by this. You'd need some good imagination with that first picture, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, think of the things he might have been taking in them days. You know what? You've got a point, actually, because opioids would have just been considered medicine, and if he was, like, depressed because his son, he's lost his son, he might start using the odd laudanum or... Or the lithium, and before you know it, he's thinking, yes, fucking fairies are bottom line, aren't too, mate? Ah, fucking that's a brilliant-looking fairy! <laughs> fucking brilliant! <laughs> I'm right about that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got some apparently 15 real pieces of evidence of fairies, so it won't be all 15, because some of them are shit. Yeah, we'll go for a, a few other... We'll the best ones, shall we? The Green Children of Woolpit. This is a weird one. Oh, I've heard of this before. They look like little Shrek babies. See, I've heard, of, I've heard of blue children, but not green ones. For over nine centuries, people young and old throughout the world have been mesmerised by a story that could have proved the existence of fairies or fairy-like creatures many hundreds of years ago. No one knows whether it's true or not, but the fact that it's a story told in many parts of the world means it might just have some truth. As outlined in a 12th century book by William of Newburgh, History of English Affairs, Two children, supposedly siblings, turned up in Woolpit, an English village that gets its name from Pitt's Dug, to protect towns from wild beasts. 
Having two children enter the town is not strange, but it is when they don't speak a language anyone knows, have green skin the colour of leaves, and wear clothing that no one has ever seen before. Oh, the plot thickens. When the children are offered food, they were confused and preferred to eat raw beans for months. Slowly but surely, the fairy-like children started to blend into the village's way of life. After being baptised, the boy died. Oh, God. <laughs> Devil child. But his sister thrived. She learned how to speak English and even started eating different. She lost her green colouring soon after. Once she knew enough English, the townspeople were to hear her story. According to the girl, her brother and herself were from a place known as St Martin's Land. In this place, everything was green, even the people. When they were herding cattle, they got lost and followed the sound of a bell to end up in the new world, in this new English world. The girl who was given the name Agnes supposedly came to be known as impudent and aloof, which she settled down and married in the village. While some people might think this story relates to civil strife, green colouring from malnutrition, uh, is that something? An orphan or kidnapped kids, others are not so sure. There are plenty of people out there who think Agnes's story and her brothers are proof that fairies did and possibly do exist. I suppose if you eat enough oranges, if you eat enough carrots, your skin will turn orange. I was thinking the same. If you eat, eat enough greens, does it? Nuts. See, I believe. If you just eat eight carrots, or it, or is it drink tomato juice? There's a few things. Like both. Eat beetroot as well. Yeah, if you eat enough, you just yeah. eat that. Your skin will go like red and um, orange. I'll try that. <laughs> I, think, I think it might have been QI. I saw this on. I think it might have been on QI, and it might well have been green, because it does sound like the very same story that I heard, and it was determined that whatever they were, they were basically feral children, which is why they didn't speak any language that they knew. Yeah, it was a, there was a time of civil war in England, so often kids roaming around becoming a bit feral. They, well, they basically lived in the woods. Yeah. And, and yeah the colouration of the skin was because of the diet that they had. How do you explain St Martin's Land then? Maybe that was just her own little imagination from... Uh-huh. Maybe I don't think it was more to a d- dimension that just slipped through here in a brother. Maybe if the town was called St Martin's and it was like quite a long way away but it wasn't there anymore. See, maybe they'd been, been destroyed during the Civil War. Well, I think War. it's a like bollocks, to be honest. Yeah, but they I think could... it's a made-up story, isn't it? I'm not there's sure. There's proof not... for of it. I'm not sure. It's anecdotal, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there is a, I think, the, like I say, if if these green children existed, then chances are it's what Pete said. They've been living in the woods. They've got to be eating anything green. It's turned their skin a different colour. And as soon as he started to eat and get more nourished... Yeah, the green skin. The green skin left. Green skin left. Which all makes... And she learned to speak English again. Makes logical sense. And remember, they've probably got massive PTSD. This is what I was going to say. Yeah, you know, so they just started speaking each other a made-up language. They could have been, they could have been three or four or something mm. when they left the village, been in the woods for a few years, managed to survive somehow. But yeah, mad, mad either way. If it was true. Yeah. Professor photographed a fairy swarm, although they do look suspiciously like fireflies to me. They sort of like them little midges to me. Yeah, yeah midges with the flash on. Probably. Oh, I can't think what the name of it. They're a fly. They're a type of fly, and they've got really like long back legs. Mayfly. Could be mayfly, and might yeah, might uh, be mayfly. Yeah, because it, yeah, it was it would have been probably May time as well, and that's why they're called mayflies because they come out in May. But they've got really long appendages, right. and it—they do kind of look like little fairies or something when you see them. So, yeah. proof of something can mean many things to many people, but there's no denying these photos taken by the university lecturer are strange. And it's up to you to decide whether they are real evidence that fairies exist. So yeah. So this is the fairy swarm we're talking about. So John Hyatt at the Manchester Institute of Research and Innovation in Art and Design Director. Hmm. Wow, that's so, so stupid. Quite a, quite a title. So no, yeah. Of Manchester Metropolitan University said he took the photos in the British countryside. It's just getting lamer and lamer, isn't it? You know, <laughs> but 
you, you walk through fields around here and you just see like little little swarms of flies, don't you? Yeah, and if you had the flash on your camera, yeah. which of course he has got, then they're gonna show up lit up, aren't they? Yeah, um thing is, I mean, give us like a proper fairy. Uh, give us something like those, at least those girls that have imagination. Yeah. Don't give us something that could be an insect. Give us a little tinkerbell. They're clearly like gnats, aren't they? Yeah. 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 Oh, a piece of mayflies and just the angle there. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's the, the fuzziness as well, you know. There's just no definition. Just because it looks like little arms and legs. We want to see definition, don't we? It's, I want to see boobs, nipples. It's the 21st century. Oh, Pete think, wants I'm to see fairy what? tits and Claire wants to see a little, a little smile. <laughs> Or a little winky. Little winks little wink with a smile. Don't see fairy winkies, I just... Why not? They could be really impressive. Comparatively. Know, comparatively. <laughs> <laughs> they can grow to normal size, remember? What about a possible oh. fairy sighting in England? Okay, right, yeah. So yeah. yeah we look at the picture. You can you can check these out, listener. This is from a website called blindsideme.com forward slash 15 real pieces of evidence fairies actually exist. See, this is probably one of the more convincing ones, but again, it just moth? looks like a similar fly or something to what was in the previous photo. So they say these things appear when you're not looking for them. And what British woman Phyllis Bacon discovered what may be proof that in 2009, a British newspaper ran a story about Phyllis who said she had photographed a fairy in 2007. Can we just go back to the back up and look at the picture again, sorry. You see that thing that circle that's supposedly the fairy? Mm -hmm. You see them with the little flying things yeah. dotted around? And it's probably just one of them really close up, isn't it? Yeah. Whatever insect that is. Mm. Yeah, like a gnat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the photo was taken in New Addington backyard and that she wasn't even looking for when she took the photo. Phyllis had been chatting with relatives when she held a camera into the backyard and snapped a photo. She only noticed a small figure afterwards. And for the next few months, Phyllis scoured the internet looking for photos of insects such as beetles, moths and butterflies. And that could pass as what she had captured on camera. She didn't want to be called nutty, but she just couldn't find the explanation it for the photo. It has to be a fairy. So, until, so therefore it's a fairy. <laughs> so until anyone tells her otherwise, she's going to continue believing that it's proof that fairies exist. So yeah, it couldn't be an insect, because I haven't seen a photo that looks yeah. like that before. What about a fairy skeleton? Have they DNA tested it? Well, we'll find out. In 2017, a Wilmington, North Carolina man, James Corn, stumbled across a tiny skeleton in a falcon nest in the Rocky Mountains. The photos showed to look to be a tiny human-like skeleton and were posted by Beyond and the Science and Historical Pictures Online. The photos have stirred up some hot debate with thousands of shares and comments arguing whether or not the picture does indeed show a pixie or some other creature that looks eerily similar in body structure. Like a marmoset. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> According to the post, these supposed pixie bones are no location in a German facility where they're being examined by top men. <laughs> top men. <laughs> we may never know if there's whether the remains are that of a fairy or pixie, but it's hard to deny there are a few other creatures. It could be, but it could be a monster. Could be a tiny little baby bird that's had his beak pecked off. <laughs> it does look like a little human Rip skull. Cage, the skull spine. does look like. Oh, that's kind of cute. I th I'd say, if anything, it's a small marmoset. Could be a baby marmoset yeah. that's been taken by a falcon. Or it could be the skeleton of a fairy. More mm. than likely, though, it's it's not the skeleton of a fairy, though, isn't it? What? <laughs> Mike? Flower fairies of Thailand. See, go and look this up again, listener. You can see the picture. National Geographic's Brett Madden captured photos of what looked like the mummified remains of fairies in Thailand. Bit of paradoxia going on, do you think? Well, there's no way of seeing how big they are unless they were pins. No, we're looking at a picture from a YouTube still that just shows you the face and you can't tell the scale, can you? No. Are they pinheads, though? They are pinheads. They're pinheads, aren't uh, they? So they're pins. So you yeah. can actually get the scale. Okay, fair enough. Legend states that these little creatures are Nari Pon or Thai Flower Pod women fairies that are both animal and plant. 
Their existence has supposedly been verified through X-raying skeletal remains through fruit. What? I don't know how that works. <laughs> there have been sightings of Nari Pan in person within three hours of Bangkok in Thailand. They supposedly have female bodies of three foot height and a camouflage complexion to blend them into the environment. No one knows for sure whether they are a fairy or just a fantasy. Are they a fairy? Are they just <laughs> fantasy? Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> <laughs> The legend came from the idea that Nari Pan are fruit that grow on trees but that come alive once they fall from the trees. They then wither and die within a week, creating a carcass like the one captured in the photo by Brett. Oh, that's that's a bit unlucky, isn't bit it? Of a tragic <laughs> lifespan, isn't mm. it? I mean, I think there's probably a bit of paradolia going on, but it's, you know what, I like it. Yeah. The fruit is just sort of dried and it looks like a face. Yeah. With like a fruity crown. You know, remember that woman who used to dance the fruit on her head? Yeah. Looks a bit like that, but mummified. What was her name? Anyone? No. Can't remember. Jar 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 No, it was. No, I know who you mean. Yes. The bubbly black lady that used to wear a proper like African frock all the time, didn't she? Yeah. And big head of fruit. Fruit. Might have been a couple of them who did that, I can't remember now. Anyway. Tom Miranda, was it? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Good shout. Don't know where that came from. Unique. <laughs> See, I was going to say Carmen, but I always think of Carmen San Diego. Like where in the world is Carmen San Diego? The, the spy who was being hunted all the time. Never used to watch it. Ah, I did. I used to like that. Last one. Musician John Rutledge from the Naughty's comedy rap group Goldie Looking Chain got the fright of his life when he stumbled across a, a family of fairies. John had been out walking in the countryside in Newbridge, Wales. When he snapped a summer photo of the nature with his dog in the foreground, he thought nothing of it. But then he noticed something in the photo later. There is. Among the grass and the flowers, he saw at least seven flying creatures in a small group. They appeared to have arms, legs, wings and were around one inch in height. They were also translucent in, in appearance. I just want to point out, Goldie Looking Chain probably did a lot of drugs. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, of course, he's going, yeah, the fairies, solid evidence. Yeah, that's what he's saying, that solid ed- evidence that fairies exist. Yeah, right. Again. I can't see anything on the photo at all. I can see little things buzzing about. They yeah. look like gnats. Yeah, <laughs> Again. Yeah, yeah, they look just like gnats, funnily enough, but no, apparently it's a... We've been very sceptical on this particular part of the podcast, but listener, please go and look at the photos and you can see and go, well, you know what? Judging for yourself. They, they could be know. gnats. They could be fairies. More than likely they're gnats, though, aren't they? Yeah. A lot of them in the countryside. It's a bit, you know... There's a nice little open meadow there. The sunshine, the summer's yeah, day. They're I just buzzing around shit. in a little swarm. You see here? These... Right. Yeah, that's a fairy pose. Did you look for dance though? If you're looking at the size and things like that, right, they could be the size of a small bird. <laughs> you want to bet the dog's right there? Yeah. The it's not dog. Clifford. No. He's big, he's <laughs> no, that, that, to me, that to me looks like a retriever. Yeah? yeah. Retriever's good medium size, dog. medium sized dog, yeah? So if you look at that, size of that, you put that next to the dog, that's probably. That big? So you're talking nah. size of a small bird, size of a fucking sparrow. Nah, it's way don't... smaller than the sunflowers that are in the picture there. Oh, sunflowers are huge. They aren't even sunflowers, just weeds. weeds. But no, do you know what I mean though? If you put one of them next to the dog, nah, I think it's, it's going to be a good just couple of... Just the way of... the light's reflecting off it, isn't it? The sun, the sun, you can see the sunset coming in. The well, light's reflecting off it. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is... It tells you that perhaps they're not just little gnats or something, because they do look fairly big, and if the size ratio is anything to go by, they look a good couple of inches wide. All so, right. All right, okay. Those are all flowers, yeah, around there. The dog's come for a sniff. There's a bunch of butterflies that got fucking stalled and gone oh, off. Yeah. And the sun's at them. That's and they look a bit thing. translucent. If they were anything but flies, yeah, that dog would be like, what the fuck, straight on it, wouldn't it? More than likely, yeah. Yeah. Unless dogs communicate with fairies, Claire. That could just be like a 
an unusual amount of butterflies to be in one place at one time. Yeah, you got them flowers there, look, and you, you know, they love that shit. It's just lame. unusual to see that many butterflies, isn't it? Yeah, I'm with Claire, it's a bit lame for me. Oh, yeah, I was just trying to... Remember the devil's advocate. I was yeah. trying to, yeah, look at it from a different perspective. Wherever kids, guns don't kill people, rappers do. Listener, it's up to you to go and decide, isn't it? You have a look for yourself. That's it. See what you think. You right. decide. That's the last part. Is it how to find fairies in your home? Oh, right. Let's, we'll give it a go. We'll, we'll yeah, we'll tear this place apart looking for them. <laughs> so, hey, get a knife, cut the sofa open. <laughs> give us some feedback. I'll get the crowbar out, I'll get the floorboard <laughs> up. See, you've got to open your third eye. I'll get Laura around. No, <laughs> my third eye would go for a shit, mate. I'm thinking of Big Belland and be Japside, to be honest. Not me Big Brown Eye. Well, either way. <laughs> Look into your Big Brown something Eye. Passes into, something passes into this realm from it. <laughs> be it good or evil. Definitely fucking evil. Yes. It's coming out of your hands. <laughs> Now, it won't be easy to find these fairies hiding inside your home. Of course it won't. And these sensitive magical beings are easily disturbed by loud noises, human activities, and the clutter of objects. However, if you are friendly to them, if you treat them well, and if you're patient, they can manifest their presence. Yeah, fairy, 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 fairy. Now, you have to open your third eye to see them. And I, here's, got me, I got me dick out. And here's how it's done, so let's all do this. Place your index and middle fingers on the centre of your forehead Foreskin. and tap it. <laughs> forehead and tap it gently. Those two. Yeah, them two. Alright, done that. Move your fingers in a circular counterclockwise motion on that spot for a few minutes every day. Oh, you may have to do this several times daily if you open your third eye. So by the next time they record, lady and gentlemen, I expect you all to have opened your third eye. I'll have opened my third eye, for sure. I've already done it anyway. Have you? Yeah. Why are you tapping and rubbing? You're only meant to be rubbing now. He's wanking off. Then, go to your garden and look at the plants and flowers where fairies usually stay. And once you see them, it means your third eye's opened. What if it's that fucking simple? Let's do it. Who records in a week, yeah? Few minutes every day of j- tapping and rubbing your forehead. See, it doesn't say anywhere about rubbing. A circular counterclockwise motion. But it says tap your forehead, and then it says move your fingers around the circuit. So I'm saying it's telling you to tap around. Oh, uh, whatever. I'm just, just going to do that. <laughs> That's I'm just going right to I'm gently Could be. turn this to. Okay, I can feel something happen. It's incredible. So I feel in a peace. There's a fairy over there. I mean, <laughs> now, once you begin seeing these fairies, you can interact and even play with them. Sweet. Most fairies are happy, friendly, and playful magical beings. And as such, they love to be in the company of happy people. Oh, it's not me and Emma, though. Do you think they'll get their tits out if you're nice <laughs> enough to them? <laughs> so I don't really see, like, little fairy boobs. I was like, just intrigued. Pete, they can grow to normal size, they can be normal size boobs. Well, that's even better, isn't it? If they're willing to get them out, then surely they'll be willing to get, them, get make make themselves big and then get them out. So. Well, they love to be in the company of happy people and live in quiet and peaceful places. Yeah, they won't want to be in this flat like with Chester, about. A <laughs> <laughs> fairy guts on the floor. Oh, man, <laughs> that's what happened to Tinkerbell. <laughs> You will know when you're in the company of fairies when you feel a tingling sensation. And once you feel this, say hello to them and offer them your friendship. They usually manifest as little balls of light with a slim, human-like form. Think of Tinkerbell in Peter Pan. That's exactly how a fairy looks like. Well, one of the many fairies. See, if she was life-size, well fit. You may stretch out your arms. She looks a little bit like Amanda Holden. Yeah, she looks like she's had multiple facelifts. Telling me you wouldn't. No, I'm not saying I wouldn't. I'm just saying it's very clear there's a little movement in that face nowadays. They've got a mermaid look about them as well, all the faces. Yeah. Right? They all look similar. I'm getting a, a Vietnamese vibe off that particular illustration. She's 
got the Chun-Li hair going on, that's why. Yeah. And you may stretch out your arm towards them. Don't be surprised if some of these fairies come hovering over your body. And you will feel a ticklish sensation when they do. It's a clear sign that you, you have been touched by fairies. Show me where they touched you. <laughs> <laughs> I want a fairy to touch me. And I'll see if I can fly like Peter Pan. Well, look here, it says that they could be living under your bed, Pete. <gasps> yeah. No! Ah, real fairies and pixies living under your bed, so be careful when cleaning under there. I never did, so. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> fairies feel safest living under a bed. When fairies feel safe, they can change their energy vibrations to match the frequency of the human world, thereby becoming visible to humans. When this happens, they make sounds you can hear, create footprints that you can observe and you can touch them too. But realise that when they are in this visible form, they are the most vulnerable to getting hurt by humans. So don't you fly sort of, ah, bugs! <laughs> <laughs> so something as simple as careless cleaning under your bed can harm the fairies that live there. Oh, It's a good excuse not to clean under your bed, mm. isn't it, eh? Why haven't you cleaned under your bed today? Yeah. God, I don't want to kill a fairy. Yeah. Now, in the wild, fairy presence can be easily determined through the following signs. Little poos everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Little clothes and a gangbang going on by the sounds of it. <laughs> there is a certain calm or sweet feel to the environment. The breeze blows gently. When in the forest, the rays of the sun passing through the leaves and branches of each tree cast an unusual magical play of light and shadow. <laughs> When fairies are near, you will feel childlike, happy and carefree. There are strong, wafting smells, oh, the kind that come from sweet-smelling flower arrangements or bouquets. And smelly feet. If you are with other people while in natural surroundings, such as a forest, the foot of a hill or mountain, or waterfalls, lakes or ponds, you will feel a close affinity with all that surrounds you, appreciating even the smallest ferns or pebbles. <laughs> if you are highly sensitive or if you have psychic gifts, you may even hear tones or a music beat that is appealing and easy on the ear. Right. That's just cool. There are other ways to fairies your companions while you're outdoors, but the uh, ones mentioned are the most common signs. They're easily recognisable. But what about indoors? The art of attracting fairies to your home. Right. Attracting them. Attracting them. Get one of them. Um, get a tiny load of dildos. Yeah, once you've opened your third eye and you can see them, then you attract them into home, don't you? I was going to say one of those oh, rainbow yeah. flags on the, on the door. No, that's just to support trans rights, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like it's going to be fairy pie tonight, kids. <laughs> Meat's back on the menu. <laughs> Man, you need some fairies to make a pie, though, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> now what you should do is place small indoor plants in your home. They don't have to be expensive, but all that's important is for the plants to be alive and fresh, oh, not dead. Be, not, can't be plastic ones. No. One to two small potted plants will do, but if the plants have fragrant blooms or leaves, such as lavender, even better. But it's not necessary to have fragrant plants, they just smell nice and fairies like them. Use the windows to let fresh air and some sunshine into your house. So thank God for that. Open the windows, I was going to smash my way through a wall. <laughs> I'm glad they told me. <laughs> Use curtains made of light materials so they won't completely block the sunlight. There's definitely no fairies in my room. I've got blackout curtains. <laughs> Minimise your use of appliances that emit strong energy waves, such as the microwave. I just imagine a fairy in a microwave now. <laughs> let me out, let me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just pops. <laughs> and remember, avoid frowning as much as you're able. Fairies like it when you make them feel welcome. That's you buggered them, Ben. <laughs> it's a natural face for me. Resting bitch face. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, there we go. Mm. So that's how you get fairies into your home. Fairies in the home. Open your third eye, get some plants. Do some meditating. Oh, there's one more way to do it. Oh. Make a fairy chant. Oh, wow. A good example of a fairy chant is... 
Good fairies, heed my call. Come to my home, come all. Sing, dance and play, for you are welcome to my home today. Should we say it a few times all together, see if we get a fairy come? No, there's a light enough, it's going dark now. <laughs> there's no plants. We haven't opened our third eyes yet. Yeah. <laughs> That's a different way though, isn't it? You don't have to open your third eye for that. Like, when I see them, then they'll yeah. have to. Mm. So there you go. Fairies. Fairies, boom, done. Are we believers? No, not judging the evidence. Yeah, yeah. No. I prefer that, I love the mythology though. Want to get me a Kelpie? I'm going to be a sexy seal woman. <laughs> I mean, a sealy. Selkie. A selkie. A selkie, sorry, not a Kelpie, that's a sexy water horse. Yeah. yeah, one of them too, why not? I'd be too worried it'll turn into a seal halfway through the sex. <laughs> that wouldn't be good. <laughs> <laughs> you still finish. <laughs> I've started, so I'll finish. You finish even stronger with all the noise they'd be making. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Put your finger in his blowhole. Oh, I was going to go something else, but yeah. <laughs> They're mammals, aren't they? They've got a blowhole. Don't know. Yeah, they're the mammals, no, they're I think. Don't, yeah, they do, don't they? they got a nose. Yeah, oh, but I think, what, whatever. Just put your finger up its bum. Put your finger anywhere. You're just thinking of dolphins. Yeah. Oh, dolphins are sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, then. <laughs> they're the sexy fish of the ocean. Exactly. They're um, really, like, latex, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> do they feel like? Oh, no, 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 I've never touched a dolphin. I just yeah. thought you were being racist there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought oh, I was hanging over some BDSM dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> they're like latex now, that's a gimp mask. What do they do, they feel rubbery. So yeah, fairies. I love the mythology. That's awesome, love all the different types. Love the little sealy court, the unsealy court, that's all sweet. I'd love to meet a fairy. Sadly, I'd, I think they've been wiped out. I think they've been wiped out by the relentless march of human construction. They've been wiped out by Vladimir Putin. And him. Um, and Saddam Hussein and Colonel Gaddafi and oh. all the other fallen dictators. Hitler. That's why we've never seen them. They were around in the 20s and then Hitler came along. Oh, do you think he... Wiped out all the fairies? Yeah. I know, they were mainly in Britain, aren't they? There's loads in Britain. You never got here. Battle of Britain. Well, the fairies are fight flying Spitfires? Yep. <laughs> wow. They were the Spitfires. That was just legend. Oh. So you know, you know. I, I you know what? I love that. Yeah. Chinese whispers kind of goes yeah. in it. They started out as little fairies and they ended up as Spitfires. Yeah. I like it. Claire. I can't see it happening. No, clearly not. What a what a comic. What do you think about fairies and Claire? Well, it's not real, aren't they? They're all. It's just the folk tales and that, isn't it? But they're cool. They're, they're up there with mermaids, aren't they? No, they are. Mermaids are a type of fairy, technically. They're a type of the fae. Yeah. They're in the same category. Do you remember years ago there was a documentary and it was on was a mockumentary, a fake documentary, on discovery of yes. mermaids and it took a lot of people in. And it wasn't until you watched till the very end and you said, oh, by the way, that was a fake documentary. I don't think it even says at the end, but... I'm not sure, I don't know. You know what, fuck me. I watched the fucking end sequence to Ghost Watch. You remember Ghost yeah. Watch, the show that was aired once only on British TV? Scared the shit out of me when I oh, watched mate, it. Oh, mate, I watched it the other night, just came across it on my YouTube recommendations. Fuck me, it's still scary. Pipes. You're like, fuck me, this is terrifying. The poltergeist. Yeah. The flying fairy has got to be the best out of all of them, hasn't it? Because what person doesn't want to fly? Typical kind of Tinkerbell fairy. Yeah, I'd like to fly, wouldn't you like to fly? Yeah, I don't want the wings though. I want to fly through like one? Superman measures. I guess I just think about it and float up. No, fair enough. I suppose the wings fairies, not Superman. Yeah, I don't want the wings. It would spell energy, wouldn't it, I guess? I don't want the wings. I'd like to fly but without the wings. Yeah, but. Think how big your wings would have to be. Hello? They'd have to be like. 12, you'd have a 12 yeah. foot you'd have, you'd have, you'd have, you'd have like a 25-26 foot wingspan wouldn't you to be able to think about for a human yeah, yeah totally yeah yeah 
Does a wingspan have to be proportional to the size well, of the body? telescopic, obviously. Well, they're magic. Fairies are magic. Yeah. So what's the point of the wings, then? The magic wings? Do you want to fly somewhere? I don't. I get off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> My point is, if you've got fairy wings, them wings ain't flying you fucking anywhere. They wouldn't be able to pick you up. The they magic would. pee. Yeah, so what's the point in the wings? If it's magic that makes you oh, fly, yeah. just fuck the wings off and go with Ben's want and say, fuck the wings, just fly like Superman. Peter Pan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the wings are completely redundant. Yeah. They're bullshit. They're used to aesthetic purposes <laughs> bullshit only. Bullshit wings. And you got, how are you going to sit down with them even if they are telescopic? It's going to like... Give you a pain in the back, innit? That's it, I mean, they're totally magic sweet. disappears. Well, well, over the night, you'd break your wing, wouldn't you? Yeah, this is it. why you don't see birds sitting down. <laughs> they do, don't they? No. They perch, don't they? They perch. They, perch. they don't sit down, though. You don't see them sat on the floor rolling a doobie, going, ah, <laughs> oh, mate, yeah, sound. <sighs> well, it's the lack of opposable thumbs as well. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, still, they could probably pack a bong. <laughs> you know what? They probably could. If someone put it in there for them, they could pat that shit down. Yep. I'd have fairies to pat me bongs in, definitely. <laughs> little bong fairies. Yeah. Little spliff fairies, that's what I'd like. Uh, Just yeah. roll me little, that, yeah. Roll me little bifters, so like, mm, they have like a telepathic connection to you. So when you start <laughs> to think, I could do with a jifter. Within, like, within, within five minutes, one just kind of like appears, and it's little fairies just like, I'm imagining like a really sm- like small fairy picking up like huge rizzlers, getting it into like a into a rolling machine and then running on it like, you know, to, to, to roll it up. Yeah. Then, oh, like, borrowers style. But what yeah. if there was like you know that job had quite a high casualty rate because they got sucked into the thing <laughs> and the then beats out them. <laughs> yeah. This, uh, oh, this man, joint's a bit loopy. This, oh, this joint's a oh, fucking drink. Two minutes because you're inhaling the fairy dust of his burning body. What? That, that's probably how the fairies became extinct. Everyone was getting high off their tits off fairies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they were, burning dust. Yeah. Also that fairy dust. <laughs> fairy dust. We've, we've, yeah, we've solved it. Ah, there we go. Right, that's fairies then. I quite enjoyed that. Or delve into some Western mythology there for once. Load of bollocks, though. No more so than <laughs> no more so than any other mythology yeah. or topic we talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apart from the factual stuff, we've done some factual stuff. We one, did one or two. The Kishtim disaster we did. That was a nuclear disaster. Chernobyl we've done. You know. Yeah. Farmers. The, uh, farmers. The of course the Christmas episodes are all. Or usually about dictators or serial killers. The tearjerkers. Well, it's just some fucked up facts. Fucked up facts. Facts, facts, fucked up facts, 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 facts. He's totally fucking. Some species of tortoise barely age at all. They are just as fit and vigorous at fifty as they were at five. I say wow. we take these tortoises, harvest their genes, put them into <laughs> us. And make ourselves fit, virile, and, and fucking like uber fucking young again. How do they measure that? By how many wrinkles they have. Cut a leg off. Well, but I guess <laughs> I guess the way they move around and do their everyday shit. There's a five-year-old doing it. Yeah, but the fifty-year-old does it equally. She said, "How can you tell the difference then between the two? Aren't you? Yeah. Oh, what? Which one's five and which one's?" No, you can mark them up, couldn't you? Yeah. Mark them up. You just scrape out the shells, yeah? No, because their shells have their shells have rings like a tree. Mm. So when you actually look at the shell, each time it grows, it forms a new oh. shell, and they do have rings. Each like little section of a shell has rings in it. If you ever look at it, ever look at one, look at them carefully, and you see it. All I know is apparently they taste delicious. I know. Mm. I would like to try one, but... Yeah, I couldn't do it myself to do it, though. How do you taste delicious if you're starving? Nah, they do, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they really delicious. do taste delicious. They tried to bring them back to London from the Galapagos. And they ended up eating None of them ever made it. None of them ever made it for ages. There was hundreds. Like, These things are just fucking delicious. Yeah. They got a bit hungry on the way home and decided to cook one or two. Like the best keep them fried going. up with butter. Mm. And a bit of garlic. Yeah. If you got it on a, on a 19th century warship... What ship? If not, still tastes good. That's it. 
Put a bit of salt at least in there, if nothing else. Alright, well, okay, turtles. Sprightly little bastards they are. Tortoises. Tortoises. Not very yeah. sprightly at all, are they? No. <laughs> they are for their age. They are for their age. Every morning, jackdaws vote on when to leave the roost. Hey, but they're a little bird parliament. Yep. Sweet. Apparently they cast their vote by squawking. Ah, so like, hey, 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 and they're like, hey, hey, gonna go out, hey, and the last one to wake up is like, oh, fuck's sake, all right, oi, let's go. Oh, mobocracy, the, demo- the, the democracy. Yeah. And then we still there's some, like, little jackdaw with a little wig on, comes out and goes, right, Maybe cast your votes, go out now. <laughs> and no one goes, no one squawks, all right, I'll come back in half an hour. That would improve, that would suit the jackdaws who invented the concept of timekeeping. Well, they'll just have like natural body clocks, they'll wake up at like, you know, at dawn, won't they? Or something. No, they'll look at watches, Claire. <laughs> and then they'll just be like, well, at dawn's been around for a bit now, squawk, squawk. Yeah. That's, that's that guy's vote, and then, oh, it's voting time, is it, you know? Oh, I think they were a little watches. <laughs> <laughs> How they're in tune. In tune with nature. Everybody yeah. synchronise! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is a cavern on the moon where it is always 17 degrees C. Ooh, that'd be quite pleasant. How the hell do they know that? Prison and robot in others. What, yeah. it's been there forever and it's always been 17 degrees? Every time At the moment there. it is, yeah. It must always have the same amount of light on it from the sun. Or they put a sensor in there and some kind of thermometer. That's comfortable temperature. It'd be quite pleasant, yeah. that, wouldn't it? Yeah. NASA would consider it as a site for future human missions. So they should. I'd do that. If I work for NASA, please employ me. Has anyone ever heard of mushroom management? Nope. No. No, I have not. It's the management style where employees are kept in the dark and fed bullshit. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that one. I've heard yeah. of that one quite a bit. Yeah, I've worked under a few bosses with that, that skill. Is you said that? that on a T-shirt. I think. I've got to remember that. Yeah, mm. I, might, I might, like that one. might use that in a job interview. Well, I'm not a mushroom manager, I can tell you that much. That's sounds good. In general, people think you are both smarter and more likeable than you think they think. <laughs> Did anyone get that? Read yes. it again. In general, people think mm. you are both smarter and more likeable than you think they think. Because you must guys just fucking love me mentally. <laughs> just fucking love me. Just think about me before you go to sleep. <laughs> Not in Ben's case then, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> There is a small part of Yellowstone National Park where you cannot be tried for any crimes you commit. Oh, fucking sweet. The region is known as the Zone of Death. All right. <laughs> okay. Though to date, no murderers have taken advantage of it. What's so special about it? I don't know. Just that you can't get tried for crimes. Is, is it in the middle of all them, like, sulphur fucking vents? You went in there, like, I'll meet you in the sulphur vents. <laughs> Go in there and just both... Both dead within seconds. Oh, you're gas mask, obviously, you'd be alright, wouldn't you? Get your full ABC kit on. But, who the fuck should we think of to meet you in the middle of the fucking gas vents? No, I know a few people that would be thick enough to fight. What's this funny smell? (laughs) You stroll in there with a gas mask and knife them to death. My lung just fell out. Is that normal? You don't want the sulfur to get the vit. Then your body gets like get eaten alive, but you just burned up by the sofa. No one can tell you been stabbed. Just throw, you throw the body down, and throw the body down a fucking sofa pit. Oh, the sulfur bear gets you. Sulfur bear. Mm-hmm. Is that like man bear pig? Kind of, yeah. It's like a mutant bear that's been living in that sulfur pit. Skin's just rotted and off. It, and it's, it's managed to develop over centuries of evolution that it can actually survive in there it's the only surviving being in Yellowstone sulfur pit so if you go in there and the bear don't get you someone's going to stab you yeah Hmm. mind you Yellowstone is literally a ticking time bomb isn't it yeah I mean it's like a super volcano a scary one as well yeah because it's any time could go off now well world changing or now it it will basically put us into a nuclear winter for a a bit. It is world changing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Not to mention the uh, massive death toll in America. Well, surely they're monitoring the pressures, no? 
Oh yeah, but like I say, I mean, it is literally, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. Well, they reckon it goes off every, is it 300,000 years? And it went off roughly 300,000 years ago. So and still there's a lot of geothermal activity there because they've got all them vents and the geysers mm. and everything. Give or take 10,000 years here or there, it could be 10,000 years away, but it could be tomorrow. Yeah, you know, 2012 when it goes off, the movie 2012, and Woody Arrows. Is Woody Arrows, isn't it? Would they have any just there screaming, ah! Would they get any prior notice of it? I mean, yeah, there'd be tremors and that. There'd be, there'd be increased activity, but at that point, it's like, well, we've got to evacuate a fair amount of people here. Well, they have to evacuate the whole of America, pretty much, wouldn't they? Or at least make sure they've got supplies and they're bunkered down, yeah. Send them all down to Brazil and places like that, and they'd survive the blast, etc. The but it's just time, isn't it? Some, you know, you always get people caught up there. It's, I don't know, it would be a big one. It'd be a massive fucking disaster, wouldn't it? Yeah. Go on, Mike, carry on. Cheers, Cheers us up. Yeah. Over the last 70 years, the United States has lost at least three nuclear bombs. Yes, they've lost more than that. Actually. Lost, lost them where? One over Spain. No, hang on, no, sorry, that crashed. And that was only seven of the nine safety fuses uh, failed. One over North Carolina, definitely. So they bought the land where they lost it. Why in the sea, I think? Maybe off the coast of Ireland in the sea. I've got an episode planned on this, actually, about the times we nearly had new accidental nuclear Armageddon. It's coming up soon. Hmm. Might be a Christmas episode. <laughs> maybe, maybe a Christmas episode. No, we, we can think of something darker than that for Christmas. All right, we'll end on this one. Mel Blanc, the voice of Porky Pig, mm. specified in his will that his epitaph should be... That's all, folks. Well done. Mm. Uh. That's on his grave. Nice. That's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I know that was shit. <laughs> you know Mel Blanc. But who is? Oh, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah. It's a bit like I mean, Jimmy Savile put on his grave, like, nice while it lasted or something, wasn't it? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. He hasn't had the same cultural impact that Porky Pigs had, though, has he? Well, he has. He's in a dark The only person way. I could think of who yeah. put, like, a very true kind um, of reference on oh, the gravestone. Who had, who had I told you I was ill? Freddie. No. Oh, God, old British comedian. Monkhouse? No, shit. Tommy Cooper? Cooper. No, no. Shit, he wrote, he did that. He wrote a, he did a couple of films about his experiences in the war. Spike Milligan. Ah. Spike Milligan. Yeah, I told you I was ill. Yeah, Spike Milligan had I told you I was ill. I like that one. Yeah, he was good here, wasn't he? Apparently really popular in Albania. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Statues I've met there. Hmm. Hmm. There's only Albanian listeners now. they have to let us know. I, I think it's Spike Milligan there. I'm sure that they used to love Spike Milligan. Because it was the only Western comedy they got. So yeah. And there's, there's a fucked up fact of my own. Yep. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Facebook at Cutting Through the Ball in the Post Truth Apocalypse. SoundCloud and other podcasting platforms are Cutting Through the Ball in the PTA. And YouTube is Apocalypse Ball. I've been Ben. Thank you very much for listening. Don't drink the flavour aid and don't join a cult. I've been Mike. Thanks for listening. Peace out. May the force be with you. I've been Claire. Keep an open mind, but not so open that it spills out your ears. I've been Pete. Aim low. Shoot high.